0: Hello, this is Sharon Brown. And
1: this is Cornell Woodson.
0: And you're listening to the Inclusive Excellence Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the second episode of uh, the Inclusive Excellence Podcast. Welcome I am,
0: back.
1: Uh, I'm one you. of your hosts, Cornell Woodson.
0: I'm Sharon Brown.
1: And we are uh, this time unpacking um, and sort of talking about the, a program that we just released called the Inclusive Excellence Network. And we're going to sort of uncover and unpack the different programs that exist in it, but really zero in on one of the programs called the Inclusive Excellence Academy. And we have a guest that, that, that is with us. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and introduce her now uh, Andrea Kylie. one of my uh, what we worked together for three years in my role in ILR and tell us a little bit about what you do here at Cornell University
2: so I'm the assistant director of student services in the College of Architecture, Art, and Planning. And my primary roles in the college have to do with um, student well-being and supporting and promoting diversity in the college. It's
1: awesome. awesome. And uh, Andrea and I worked together when we were both college associates for the pre-freshman summer program. Um, and so I've, you know grown to, to really appreciate her and her insight and thoughts, and particularly in those meetings that we had as college associate meetings. But So, Andrea is our guest today, and we're going to jump off with um, our question of the month that Sharon was, that was able to choose, because um, I got to choose last time. So, Sharon, what would yes, our question of the month? you
0: surprised me last, last month with that question. So, this one, it shouldn't be too hard. The question is... And- Andrea, feel free to answer if you'd like, and if you want to stay out of our fray, that's okay too. <laughs> it shouldn't be too hard. Share an occasion when you surprised yourself with a diversity and inclusion situation or experience, like an aha moment as it relates to diversity and inclusion.
1: Will you learn something new? Mm-hmm.
0: Learn something uh, new about yourself, a situation, another person.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: I oh, that's know. Good. I do good. And I
1: and I I, I have an answer for. It. Do you Do you want to go first? other we want to go, first? go
0: for it. You share your first. Well, well actually, yeah, I, I guess.
1: Do you not. I, you, are, are you sure? I defer to you. you defer, <laughs> <laughs> I think that the ultimate thing that I remember finally, fond, but remember so quickly today, answer that question is um, when I realized that when I do diversity trainings, I realize that, or when I do. Any kind of um speaking and I'm engaging with the audience, I tend to interrupt women more often than I interrupt men.
0: Mm. And as
1: someone who has been doing diversity and inclusion programming for quite some time when I realized it, I think it had been six years since I've been doing it. I was like, no, not me. Like, whoa, that, that, that can't be possible. Like, I teach this stuff. Yeah. And some of my friends who are women, they're like, mm-hmm, and... <laughs> and i was like okay and it was it was a like, it really blew my mind because was like no there's no way all this work I've been doing to be better and i'm like and i didn't notice it and i just had to figure out like why am i doing that? unpack why is my brain allowing me to do that without noticing it mm-hmm. and then what do i do to to stop it right. um but right. that that was one of the biggest aha moments i had around this work
0: oh that's a really good one yeah. that's a good one yeah. and um i could understand how something like that could developing our personality and our behavior without us even being conscious of it. Right. And don't like it, but mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like it either. I don't like it either. And that's why I, ever yeah. since then,
1: I've I'm been like, I'm, I am had to work on that and right. understand where that's coming from and what to do about it. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. What's Absolutely. next? I'll go next. I'll answer um, my own question. So years ago, before I started working with Cornell uh, University, I worked in a facility that... Um, We took care uh, of—it was a residential school environment, like a dorm situation, and the school was for young men who have— diagnoses, mental health diagnoses, Mm -hmm. um, and combinations of such. Mm -hmm. And um, a simple situation is um, laundry was Mm -hmm. done, and each person, each of the residents slash students was supposed to collect his own laundry and put it away. Mm -hmm. And this gentleman, it's, it's almost as though he just could not grasp the concept of taking care of his own laundry, okay. you know, and, you know, me being a staff member, I was like, um, let's just call him John Smith, John, go get your laundry, go get your laundry, go get your laundry. Mm-hmm. I found that I'd been saying that to him all day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, um, probably like three or four hours after the day started and the laundry was sitting there, I was like, John, what are you waiting for to go get your laundry? He goes, uh, Ms. Brown, I have a disability. Mm-hmm. And, and then it hit me like, oh my gosh, something that I take so much for granted, a simple mm-hmm. thing as claiming what's mine, taking it up, mm-hmm. putting it away, mm-hmm. he was having a problem just processing, just even getting started. Mm-hmm. And so that surprised me. It's like I had to take a moment and just slow down and realize this is the environment I'm in. Mm-hmm. These are young people who need that little extra guidance, a little hand mm-hmm. in doing things that I... Don't even think twice about. Mm-hmm. So I really, that that forced me to slow down. My aha moment was to slow down, take yeah. a minute, get out of yourself, mm-hmm. get out of your own head and your own way mm-hmm. of being, and try to approach something from someone else's perspective. Absolutely. And... I, I work actively at trying to do that as often as I can, even to this day. And this situation I'm describing probably happened about 10 years ago, and it is so fresh in my mind because hmm. periodically I am forced to s- take a minute and say, you know what, They're com- this person is coming from a different angle. Mm. Let me try to understand and possibly meet that person where they are, yeah. as opposed to my having an expectation that they're going to meet me where I am. Right, right. So that that was a diversity and inclusion aha moment for me, mm-hmm. and I've carried it with me ever since.
1: Yeah. In our, in our seminars for Inclusive Excellence Academy, we call that seeking to understand, mm-hmm. right? Stepping back and going, okay, what's happening here? What's going on mm-hmm. for this person right. potentially? What's going on for me? And then how do we re-approach it right. in, a, in a way that's inclusive for all people? Yeah. Right. How about you? Andrea?
2: I feel like I have those moments often, especially (laughs) when I go to the Inclusive uh, Excellence Academy program. I love
1: it. I love it.
2: Because (laughs) it just makes me more aware of the very diverse experiences that students have at Cornell, Mm -hmm. what they're bringing to those experiences, and how they navigate their way through the university. Um, So often it's something that I hadn't encountered before, um, an obstacle that a student's facing that I now have a new piece of information that I can add to my portfolio um, of of the different challenges and obstacles that students face, as well as the many amazing things that they bring.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I find that even in my age of 31, that what they find to be so impactful, I'm like, but that's not that. But for them, it's like, it's everything. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, that's not a right. big deal to me, but it is to you. And right. so, let's go with that. And <laughs> that really just,
0: that. Uh, sometimes it's a reflection on where they are in their journey of exactly. personal development, personal growth, yeah. you know, because I'm sure that the aha moment you had when you were 21 is going to be vastly different from your moments in, at age 31. Right, you right, know? Exactly. And it will just continue to grow. And yeah. uh, I love when I get an opportunity to look back and say, mm-hmm. you know, five years ago this would have sent me over the edge, but today Day because I'm so evolved,
1: <laughs> I yeah. can handle something.
0: <laughs> I can handle something better. You and know, every generation maturely. brings a
1: new thing to unpack and to learn exactly, about. I'm, I'm learning yeah. in my 30s now. I'm like, oh, I learned all that, but there's a new thing. Great,
2: <laughs> and it so, doesn't stop. It doesn't, <laughs> right,
1: it doesn't. Every decade has something new. And I'm mm-hmm. like, darn it, I thought don't doesn't this end? <laughs> So, we're talking about the Inclusive Excellence Network, and for those who uh, may not know, it is a new structure to an older program. Right. Um, so, we, the Inclusive Excellence Network is this umbrella um Cadre of programs, um, and where under that umbrella there are three programs. We call it the Inclusive Excellence Academy, which we'll talk about more later, and then the Inclusive Excellence Podcast, which you're listening to right now, Hello, and then right, <laughs> and then the Inclusive Excellence Summit, which happens, uh, which will happen every other summer. So um, the, the podcast and the summit are new things that were, and the summit is something that we're we're giving a new twist to something that happened you know before, um, but it's a way to bring people together to provide more opportunity um, for folks to engage with diversity and inclusion topics and information, Mm -hmm. Um, recognizing that not everyone has the ability to leave their desk For two hours um, to engage in a workshop. And so the podcast, this podcast, really allows people to be able to listen to the podcast while they're working or maybe while they're driving home or driving to work or cooking or cleaning, whatever that may be.
0: And we Um, hope you're listening to it with a friend or a family member. Yeah, or you're sharing it. Because our goal is to start conversations. Exactly. And so if you're listening to this podcast, I really want to know that someone's in the room and you can say, hey, what do you think about that? And then you have a conversation going. And before you know it, diversity conversations aren't that hard to.
1: Absolutely! Oh, I love that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And then the summit is really because it happens, you know, during the summer. Um, that allows when students are gone and people have a little bit more uh, ability to get up and, and move and or and to be out away from their office. Um, it's an opportunity for the campus to come together and really reflect on how are we infusing diversity and inclusion into our work and wove, uh, weaving, it, excuse me, um, into the fabric of our everyday lives um, as we engage with, you know, alumni and. Students and things of that sort. Um, so we're hoping that this uh, um, building of new programs will just provide more opportunities for people uh, to engage. Mm-hmm. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into the inclusive excellence academy because I my understanding is that we're coming up on its sixth year okay. of existence. Yes. yes. Um, so it's not an old program, but mm-hmm. it's also not a ter- not really a baby either, though. I, no. Six years in, in in program years is. <laughs>
0: It's, a, it's like a a preteen. Time. It's right? Exactly. Wings, bobber, pre-teen. <laughs>
1: uh, and so it's it's you know it's it, for the again for those who may not know what Inclusive Excellence Academy is, it's a program that provides a series of different um, I'm calling them seminars um, or workshops on various topics around diversity and inclusion. Um, so if you want to see what our um, fall semester um, listings are, you can go to, to the diversity.cornell.edu website uh, and under the tab learning will be the Inclusive Excellence Network, and then from there, you'll see the list of all the workshops um, and links to RSVP if you would like. And so, Andrea, as someone who has been to a, a couple of those uh seminars
0: um Andre is one of our regulars
1: yes yes <laughs> and, and that, if you that,
0: must that be a regular a, somewhere this is the know. best place to
1: be a regular. yes exactly exactly i'm curious to know because our hope is that we encourage more people to come out mm-hmm. and so i'm curious to know from you why do you choose to attend those sessions and what brings you back to attend more
2: So I always try to go if my schedule permits. Mm -hmm. Um, All of the programs I've been to have been excellent. So Mm -hmm. they've been interactive. I've been able to take information back that's been really valuable. Um, I feel like every time I go, I develop more awareness Mm -hmm. of um, different populations and their experiences that I bring into my work. Um, I feel like I become more aware of some of my blind spots. Mm -hmm. And um, I I feel like I often need that kind of reminder and refresher. And often with diversity and inclusion, um, the language is always changing a little bit and growing, um, as well as the issues and what's going on on campus. Those issues are often... Evolving, So it's not like you can go once and feel like right. you're all done, you're woke, and it's all set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I always feel like I come out of it with um, really helpful information that I can bring back to my office and to mm-hmm. my college. Uh, I also feel like it's really helpful to connect with my colleagues who attend the programs, too, because I start to learn more about other people on campus who are concerned about these issues right, right. and I become connected with the resources that I can partner with and that I can contact if I need help or have questions or need more support.
1: Yeah and so what I heard you say is that I'm not alone right mm-hmm. and that there's a community of people who are also learning this stuff too exactly. and I can reach out. Yeah. It,
0: it, first of all Thank you for sharing all of that. Secondly, <laughs> Cornell, little fist bump here because all of her reasons for attending are exactly why we do what we do. Yeah. So thank you. That means that the Inclusive Excellence Academy, the workshops, we've been getting it right so yeah, far. Yeah. So that's wonderful to hear. I just want to check in with something you said about just the reminder and refresher. Um, one of the things Cornell and I talk about, we struggle with, is like, We want new faces. You know, we don't Mm -hmm. want to be preaching to the choir, as they say, but what I have learned not too long ago is that there is no preaching to the choir because Mm -hmm. everybody needs a reminder and a refresher, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, because of the fact that we are so immersed in this work. It's easy for us to throw out jargon and terminologies and, you know, feel real good about ourselves and Mm -hmm. we're good at what we do, but there's always going to be a newbie in the room Mm -hmm, and somebody mm -hmm. who is going to ask us to bring that down to language that a layperson can understand. Yeah, yeah. And so there is really no preaching to the choir. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. At the beginning of your journey, this is what you need to hear to make you feel welcome and continue. Absolutely. And so this is this is really good and, and I really thank you for pointing that out, Andrea. And also um, the connection with the other uh, Cornell individuals who are at that workshop. That's, yeah. that's important. There's value in that as well. Yeah. So you can start conversations. Yeah, mm-hmm. Something
1: you, that you sparked, I think that sometimes what, what prevents people from coming out to things like this is that fear of getting it wrong mm-hmm. and how people make you feel when you get it wrong or when you ask a question that you really don't understand mm-hmm. and other people expect that you should already know the answer to that question because where have you been? Right? right? And, you know, I, I call it, I don't know where I got this term from, but I call it social justice elitism. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> that is like, like, you didn't know that already? You don't know what Uh-oh. intersection means? Like right. how could you not where have you been? It's like yeah. well I'm here and so how about you help me understand <laughs> how, Like, so how fast. about we support each other right. and and you know if this is my first time coming to something you want me back let's create a space where I can ask that question right. that many people might already know but to me it's the first time I'm ever hearing it mm-hmm. and I really want those spaces to be like that where the new person comes come in and feel like wow there was so much I didn't know but there were people sitting next to me who were willing to go oh you know what here's a good resource for you to, to start with right. and you know read that after this workshop because exactly. that'll fill in some of the gaps and then we invite people to come back.
2: Right. Well, yeah. There were a couple of discussions last year. One was or it was, one was about the Me Too movement yes. and one was about Black Lives Matter, Matter, mm-hmm. Blue Lives Matter, All yep, Lives Matter. Exactly. And I felt like that format of having kind of a presentation, but then also small group discussion yeah. allowed yes. for more of that kind of um, variety of experiences to have a space mm-hmm. to learn and to share. Yeah. Knowledge, Because I think it was not the same group of people that often right. would come to some of those um, programs that we've had in the past. And it did create more of that space for a conversation about diversity issues right. when often staff from off- all over campus don't great. have a chance to get together for that purpose.
1: Exactly, that's great, and are at varying different degrees of understanding it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and in that way, it's peer to peer education. It's not some talking head on the stage going, "Here's all the things you need to know," and here's the here's the action. I'm one of those talking heads, but you know, it is always nice to to be in camaraderie with people. Like, wow, I didn't know that either. You know, it's like okay, you too. So let's keep talking. And, <laughs> you know? and
0: as we do as we do diversity and inclusion work, I find that um, culturally there there's we're beginning to put names on things that didn't have names mm-hmm. in the past. People over a certain age may say, oh yeah, we had so-and-so when we were growing up, but we didn't have a name for it. Yeah. And, and what I'm thinking about particularly like, is um, like cisgender, mm-hmm. pansexual terminologies mm-hmm. that I'm hearing now. When I say now, I mean maybe over the last few years mm-hmm. that I'm sure my parents and grandparents didn't use those mm-hmm. terminologies. Yeah. And it's not as though they don't care. It's just that they didn't necessarily have words mm-hmm. to, to articulate what this is. They didn't have anything. They couldn't name it. Mm-hmm. And so it's really good to to let other folks know, hey, listen, no matter where you are in your growth and your learning, and your personal development, come on down. Right. Because there's got to be something that you can take back right. from, from our workshops. And, and Andrea said earlier that after the workshops, she is able to take something back to yeah, the office absolutely. immediately. And that's exactly what we're aiming for, too.
1: That's a great That's a great segue into my next question. What has been the maybe most profound thing that you've taken from a session back to the office? Hmm. Or really the most exciting thing you've taken back? Like, oh, I'm ready to share this.
2: I think sometimes it's just been an awareness of something in our... Um, Policies, or mm-hmm. something about um, our curriculum mm-hmm. that may be a barrier for some students that we hadn't even thought about before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember one session I went to was about undocumented and DACA students, and um, you know, in if there's a requirement for an off-campus study or a study abroad program or something like that. Yeah. Recognizing that that's something that will be an obstacle, and that students in that situation may be vulnerable right. and may not want to come forward. So, for us to have the awareness and be able to think ahead and recognize the impact on on students. Yeah. Um, so that that was one that I remember thinking, "Oh my goodness, yeah. I hadn't thought about that yep. before." Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's often that sort of experience. You know, or yeah, you yeah. go to a session, and then within a week, uh, there's a student with that particular um, identity who mm-hmm. comes in yep. and now I feel like I am better able to kind of anticipate mm-hmm. what some of the concerns might be and of course listen exactly. to the concerns but not be surprised or at least have the language mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to respond in a way that's appropriate yeah right. that, that, that's, that's really good yeah
0: these these topics are often very personal and individualized so mm-hmm. if, if a person is feeling particularly vulnerable based on what their situation is It is so refreshing to talk about a vulnerable thing with somebody who is not surprised. Mm. Someone who is is able to take information in and not react in a way to Mm. make the person feel like, oh, oh, um, you don't know about this. Here, let me educate you while I'm working through my problem.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's so good because to me, that is the hallmark of why... These workshops or these seminars are so important, right? Because it's the idea of like we'll all never know all there is to know about someone else's lived experience, but yeah. to, whether it be a staff member, a faculty member, or a student, oh, to be right. able to come into a co- come to a colleague or to an administrator and say, "I'm really struggling," you know, as a woman in an engineering class, or as a person of color on campus, or as a person with a disability, or as a veteran, or as a whatever you you know you name it, and to have someone's you know already have some kind of familiarity. That that identity may struggle right. in in a space mm-hmm. and be able to go. Wow, tell me more about that, right? <laughs> and just to go, whoa, like, okay what does support look like for you? And like, that's it. I think that people tend to think that we're expecting people to be able to fix everything and to change all the policies and stuff like that. You know, yeah, that might be an ultimate goal but I think at the very least, it's to be validated in one's lived experience and have someone go, wow, that, you know, I I remember one time I was in, I worked in ILR before coming to this department and I had a um, student of mine um, who, and she was a woman, and she said, I feel like as a woman in the classroom no one ever listens to me no and she's I mean she's upset and she's like in tears and I go wow that's not like that sucks she goes yes (laughs) yes that's it's and and you could tell that it had been the first time that someone validated her feeling of like okay so I'm not tripping right I am experiencing this and I have a right to feel like I'm being silent like wow yeah yeah, absolutely and what do you need from me and I think that's what people are asking you know, that's what people are asking for, is that we create a space and a culture where people just build community and are able to sh- say, what do you need from me? I don't know what that feels like, but what do you need from me? Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And and help them to identify that. They may not have, they may not know what they need. Yeah, A person may not know, um, people don't know what they don't know, yeah, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so if what I need maybe is... Uh, 30 minutes later, start work time. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, People mm-hmm. don't even know that that may be an option, depending mm-hmm. on their uh, situation at work. Yeah. They may need, um, I don't know, a list of resources for their aging parent. Yeah. Who knows? But sometimes we have to leave space mm-hmm. for that uncertainty
1: yeah. so yeah. that
0: a person can process and figure out and meet them where they are in, in learning about what's available to them. Yeah. and and also maybe narrowing down what they need something that's most efficient as opposed to something that's easiest
1: yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> most
0: effective I should say
1: what would you say to a person Andrea who is like I don't know I you know I, I I'm interested but I just I'm not ready yet what would you say to someone to encourage them to take that leap of faith and attend a session
2: um I've never heard that reaction before. Oh no! oh okay. so, yeah, yeah, that's um, great. Mm-hmm. I think often it's more an issue of time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, mean, I guess one thing would be maybe to choose a program that feels closer to your own identity mm-hmm. and see what it's like mm, when it good. doesn't feel as different. Okay, yeah, um, kind of yeah. ease in that way. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing I feel like there's. N- no one on campus has experienced all of the identities that yeah. our students are presenting to us when they come in to work with us. So right. we all have some learning to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just is a great opportunity to do that learning. And to. I would probably also say that it's such a great opportunity to meet other people and connect with other people and have that sense that you're not alone on campus. Yeah to emphasize that piece of it, too. I
1: love that. I love that. Tron, how about you? What would you say to someone who is, you know, because I've run across that a lot, where people are just like, they're just not ready to to jump into, you know, those kind of workshops and have that kind of conversations. Um, What would you say to someone who might be struggling with making that decision of doing so?
0: What I've heard recently, actually, on a conversation on the bus coming in Mm -hmm. from North Campus, um, a person says, in my department we're not about our feelings. Mm -hmm. We're about data, Mm -hmm. statistics, Mm -hmm. facts. We don't really do feelings and things like that. So when I hear Inclusive Excellence Academy and I see the topics, I feel like it's not really what I need to do my work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, my response, I guess, to somebody who's coming from that angle is, come anyway because you're dealing with Individuals, You're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. While your work is about statistics and numbers, mm-hmm. you are a human being doing that work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you want to feel like you can bring your whole self to work, you know, if you're not spending, I don't know, a good percentage of your brain work protecting an identity or keeping something that you feel you don't want to be vulnerable in front of your coworkers, um, this is for you. Yeah. Because what we do is we show folks how to maybe have a conversation, mm-hmm. maybe how to delicately unpack something that you may be very protective of that identity. Yeah. Yes, you may be a statistician. You may be into numbers, facts, and datas and graphs, but you may have an issue that has to do with naturalization, immigration, citizenship, and all that. You're still a human being working mm-hmm. through your data, so... Um, these the the workshops give you opportunities and ways to work through those subject matters. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't matter what your profession is here on campus, there is something at this workshop that yeah. can address something in your life or somebody you know and love
1: right
0: who may be interested
1: in these things. The idea that we never leave our identities at home. We never do. They're always with us and we while well, I may not be talking about them, my identities are connected to my lived experiences and my Mm -hmm. lived experiences impact how I go about my work and understanding that deeper can lead to, um, a culture of belonging, right? Where people get to bring those nuanced ways of looking at uh, a particular problem, um, to the table and then it be respected. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, listening to this episode, that people um, will give it a try and feel um, like they can come and just try out a session or two um, or even contact us and right. talk to us about, right. you know, uh, the, the program and what they can get out of it personally, maybe based on where they work and the work that they do and how it connects to the work that they do. Um, So Sharon and I are always open to that type of uh, conversation. So you can always uh, connect with us by emailing us at ie-academy at cornell.edu. Sharon and I both um, read those emails and either one of us will respond and are willing to meet with you and engage with you in a conversation. Because we really want to work hard and we've been working hard for the last couple of months of creating a way for people to be able to enter into the conversation wherever they currently are in their understanding of diversity and inclusion topics um and so until next time, thank you, Andrea, for joining us. I thank know you're you, busy Andrea. and a lot going on with the start of the <laughs> semester. So I really, we both really appreciate you being here with yes, us. Yes, um, And again, check out diversity.cornell.edu under the learning tab um, for a list of fall semester. And I believe I put up there, we, we have spring semester sessions already up there as well. We do. Um, with yes. some dates. So put it on your calendar. Make yes. some time. We're, we've tried to expand the topics as well mm-hmm. a little bit. Even if um,
0: registration may not be open for something, go ahead and put it on your calendar on your anyway. Your Calendar, so yes. that you, when you see that it's um, available to register, you already you have, the, already time have the time blocked. because You know, yeah. That's that's good. Just thinking ahead.
1: All right. Like it. Well, until next time. Have a great weekend. The rest of your weekend. Have and talk a to wonderful you soon.
0: weekend. Bye. Bye.